Evening, how you doing? Micah B-Side here for your B-Side Diaries, host, electrostatic, meat sack, blah, blah, blah. How's your night going? I'm, uh, I'm all right. Not in the greatest of places, uh, but I'm trying to stay stoic about it, I guess you could say. Looking at just parenthood thing. He's got a 17-year-old son. Doesn't want to talk to me. Go figure, right? It wouldn't be a big deal, I guess, if I was still living up in Glenwood Springs, but the fact that I'm over here on the other side of the Continental Divide in the Front Range makes it just heartbreaking. Because I know he's hurting, and I'd like to be there whether or not he wants me to be there, you know, just just to be there for him. I, I, I Just just to look and see him in the face and know that he's going to be all right. That's That's breaking my heart. I'm just, I'm dying inside right now for that. Fuck, man. Um, Otherwise, this was going to be an update, and I'm not going to make this a whole um, psychoanalysis or or therapy session here, so I'm going to change the subject. We're going to talk about uh, where I'm at, I guess, because let me think here. Last time I checked up what was going on here, yeah, the keto diet, the modified Atkins, actually, not a a technical keto, thank God, but... um, been going really well, challenged to keep the weight up, but other than that, you know, feeling pretty good. Not as difficult as I thought, although I do get yearnings for that slice of pizza or the Burger King once in a while. I never thought I'd want fast food until you go buy a Culver's and you know you can't have the cheese curds. Fuck. So, yeah, um, diet's been going pretty good and uh, as far as seizure reduction, I don't know if I had mentioned anything, but yeah, I think I think I had. I was seizure free uh, since December first until just last week, fifteenth. I had a seizure, had a breakthrough, and that pretty much snaps that little little streak there. So got to count back down from zero. I was two weeks away, two weeks away from being able to drive two weeks from being medically cleared. That was a gut punch. That was a fucking gut punch. And I, I started to feel a little down there for, for a few, maybe a day, but I realized it was like, you know what? Damn dude. One seizure in a three month period, as opposed to three seizures in a one week period, that's a pretty good ratio. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to chalk a lot of it up to the diet. The diet has definitely done a a tremendous amount of benefit for me above and beyond the seizures. But a lot of it's my mind shift and a lot of it is just maybe I'm fucking getting used to this. So I'm not taking it too bad. In fact, I think my, I think my epileptologist took it worse than I did. He was pretty, pretty bummed. I had another seizure too, just earlier this week, uh, night before last so they're coming back and um, just going to have to deal with it right now. Still on a couple of the medications, which also goes to show the medications don't work either. So I get the triple whammy of like, I'm trying to transfer off the meds by, via this diet. And uh, the meds keep keep making me feel like shit and getting fatigued in the afternoon. And uh, so that sucks. So I'm just, I'm, I'm at a point now where it's like I'm in this cross way, you know, cause we're also still doing these tests for surgery and I'm just like, fuck, I'm tired of being, I feel like, I feel like I'm 
Chevy Chase in European Vacation. Uh, I'm Clark Griswold going around being stuck in that roundabout. You know what I mean? Look, kids, Parliament, Big Ben. Yeah, that's me right now, just waiting, waiting to get my chance to get the fuck off and get back en route. So, I, yeah, it, it, it's not horrible. I, I just venting here for a second because I know that I am going to be getting back en route at some point, and this isn't the end. I think I'm still in the right direction. Um, after all this happened, I had a good sit down with my um, epileptologist and neurosurgeon, and we talked about it. And he he brought up the the point he had initially he was gung ho about the surgery. You know, we had three different options. And then he got my scores from my cognitive and memory scores from the neuropsych exams. And they're pretty high, I guess. You know, this is the first time I ever took one. Um, and so he, he backpedaled a little bit and we talked about it. And he even tried to, you know, mention a couple of, of the latest and greatest drugs that are out on the market that have shown incredible efficacy with people. And when he mentioned the names, I... I kind of chuckled a little because I was like, well, that's the one, that one didn't work at all. That one is the one that sent me to the ER. So he, that, that pretty much closed the door on any conversation about further medicative treatments. So then it went into the surgical thing. And so the, the thing is here is I had, I had three options. One of which was the laser ablation. Another was the resection and the other is the RNS implant. And the resection and the laser ablation both carry a risk of, I think it's it's somewhere around 7 to 13% from what I remember reading, of um, memory and cognitive loss or decline post-surgery. That's not, that's not feasible. You know, my, my brain health is good. And the cognitive results were really good because it means that any kind of decline in function, awareness, focus, and fatigue isn't because of the damage seizures have done already. It's most likely due to the drug interactions and intermittent seizure activity, the side effects of that, and uh, probably a lot of the depression too, which kind of gets wrapped up with all this shit. It's really hard to separate that. So that's good news. That's good news is that my brain's still good. It's, it hasn't been f- too fucked up from el- all of this. So I'm happy about that. Uh, but it also means, again, that those two surgeries, the resection and the laser ablation, which I thought was, was at first uh, going to be the one, you know, zip, zip, zap, and you're done, kind of like a game of asteroids. Um, <clears throat> oh, if it were that easy, right? But apparently not. So we had more and more of a discussion, and there is still the possibility the RNS implant, which initially I wasn't into. Um, the older RNS implants were more generic and basic in placement and function, and it made me nervous because I knew people who had RNS implants from the day, and some of them didn't work, some of them caused problems, all sorts of stuff. So that that had me concerned, and, and it kind of turned me off to the idea. But I talked further with them, and the RNS technology has come a long, long way, and especially with uh, AI technology. So they put two strips in instead of one big one, and they can um, 
specify certain areas of the brain in stereo instead of just one pulse if they have to. And so they can send multiple pulses to multiple seizure points if they need. Uh, Not only that, but you can crank the intensity from each side to the other separately. Um, You can do lateral or you can do bilateral. And all of this goes into the unit, the data unit that's underneath the chest plate or or underneath your collarbone, I do believe. It's somewhere right underneath the skin um, in your chest. And uh, it actually is AI intelligence that learns as the pulses respond to your natural uh, epileptic pulses, the seizures, it responds to that. So it's like wave cancellation. Well, it learns your patterns. It actually learns your seizure patterns as it's responding and it stores that and it basically collects mad amounts of data. So what this would do is act as not only a preventative device that theoretically is gonna get better over time and can also be adjusted upwards and downwards in intensity, left to right, etc. cetera. Uh, but also you can actually connect this data to like a Fitbit and that can be shared with the neurosurgeon team, my neurosurgeon, my epileptologist, and they can get a better idea of what's going on deep brain that the surface EEGs can't pick up. Uh, so it would be like a long-term monitoring, uh, preventative monitoring and stuff, and start to be able to predict your seizure cycles, as well as hopefully be able to stop them um, overall. So in that case, even if it didn't work, it would be like you have a tracking monitor set in there anyway that's going to collect further data. So I'm, I don't know, the techie in me is saying, well, that's pretty fucking cool. I feel that's a pretty much a win-win. And the, um, so far the track record of this is, is a uh, chance of memory and cognition loss post-surgery of less than 0.1%. So... Those are odds I can live with. Those are odds I can live with. So I told them, let's go ahead and look into that option and see if it's a possibility. Only way to see if it's a possibility is go through some more tests. The next one they're going to do, and I'm supposed to be getting a call this week from the labs to schedule the appointment for this, is another sleep study, another um, multi-night sleep study. And this one's a stereo EEG. With this one, they're going to actually drill holes into my head, into my brain, and insert depth electrodes, actual electrodes going into my brain so that they can actually monitor deep in there, kind of toward, you know, beneath the temporal lobes um, and down in toward the hippocampus and stuff like that. Because based off of the video evidence in my seizure diaries and descriptions of my seizures, uh, they feel that it's... It sounds to them, to the team, that it sounds like it could be coming from the hippocampus. So they're going to get down there and they're going to um, have me stay in there. Anywhere from 5 to 14 days is uh, the length of time I can expect to be in there. So that's next on the list. And then after that, if uh, if we capture anything and we find the area, the general area of where these things are coming from, then we go into a WADA test, and that's where they inject um, they in, inject something into your into your brain it, via really uncomfortable um, channels. 
but they put one side of the brain to sleep and then have you perform all of these functions, tests, and, and activities. And then and they're, they're monitoring the other side of the brain. And then they let that wear off. And then they do the same thing to the other side of your brain. And they repeat the same process for the other side of your brain. Basically, that tells them how cognitive, how the functioning works uh, from one side to the other. And if something were to happen, this makes you feel good, doesn't it? If something were to happen, whether or not that one side of the brain could take over the function of the other side and do so, do so in a functional, productive manner. You know, if it's strong enough, if that side of the brain is strong enough to take on extra duties, because the brain is pretty phenomenal uh, thing. You know, it's it's the most mysterious organ in our body. Is it an organ or is it a muscle? I think it's a muscle. I don't know but it's mysterious. It's sure mysterious to me. So um, that's that's the next step is I'm going to go in for a sleep study, just waiting for that phone call and see what happens next. And I'm cool with it. You know, I'm cool with it. What do I got to lose anymore? And um, after I had this seizure, it, it reminded me of some of the stories of people going years and, you know, regaining so much of their life only to start seizing again, only for it to start happening again. And I'm sure there's many, many of those people who take it in stride and are like, okay, here we go again, let's do it. But I could imagine so many people just thinking they were in the clear or they had regained so much back and boom, the nightmare starts again. And so I need to rethink, you know, it's not necessarily a nightmare. It's just just a challenge, you know? So there's that. But if I've got this opportunity in front of me and I've got an opportunity not to have to take these medications for the rest of my life and to be able to cheat once in a while and have a piece of pie, you know, or, or a slice of pizza once or once a month or, or every other month. Well, damn, you know, okay. Yeah. I, why not? Am I trying to talk myself into this? No, I'm just trying to take up, I'm trying to talk myself into the courage to let them drill holes into my head. I, I sound all brave and shit about going into surgery, but really when they told me about the the process of this stereo EEG, I definitely got, got gun shy there for a few. It was like, oh fuck, really? Okay, now it's real. Now it's real. And but but I I read up on it. I studied up on the odds. I read notes and I talked to talked to the neurosurgeon, and um, I feel a lot better about it now. I feel a lot better about it. In fact, I feel a lot better about doing that than I do about the laser ablation, which I was ready to go into sight unseen last year, year before. So um, I'm glad it took this long to get to this point in that regard. So right fucking on there. And yeah, I, I don't want these meds, man. Um, I don't want these meds. It's not living. You're, you're like looking at the world through a filament, you know, like the, like the little filament that comes with the cell phones or any kind of device screen when you first get it and you peel it off. Yeah, you you know when you get a, get something like that, you get a computer or a tablet screen and you forget to peel off that little protective filament and you're going along and you're like, man, just something doesn't 
doesn't look right. It doesn't, it's not right. And you peel it off and all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, yeah, I want to, I want to see the world like that again. I want to see the world like that again. So I think, uh, and I was thinking the diet was going to get me there and I'm not giving up on the diet. Like I said, I'm not giving up on the diet because the benefits beyond just seizure control, um, have made themselves pretty evident and it's made me much more aware of what I put in my body. And it's, uh, made me appreciate being healthy and feeling healthy again. So the doctor, the doctor checkup when I got my annual and I found out I'm in great shape still and there's nothing wrong and I haven't quite destroyed anything yet. Uh, that was really good news and made me think to myself, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pay more attention this time. Maybe I'll pay more attention. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm getting ready to go into this next jump and hell, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. We'll see how long this takes and we may not find anything. I may not even have the surgery. It may not be possible. Um, I might have to go through kind of juggling shitty drugs with, with diets and I don't know, maybe CBDs and the next great fad cure or treatment that they have coming around the corner. Who knows? It's completely fucking unknown now. And I'm okay with that now. I'm okay with that. And as long as I keep looking for options and ways and means, and just as long as I don't fucking lie down complacent. So as long as I'm a little bit irritable and, and hangry and, and ready for that next step and that next level, because I know as soon as I get too comfortable or complacent in this, then I'm not going to go forward anymore. So, yeah. And I, even, even after the, uh, even after the seizure last week, I still contacted my agents and told them to reactivate my, my, um, voice acting profile. I even contacted my on-camera agent and let them know that I'm ready to go and I'm going to get some new photos done and stuff because it's been a few years. Um, so I'm not letting this stop me. You know, I, I'm still intent on finishing up a commercial demo and, um, yeah, because I, because, because of everything I just said prior to that, that's why, because I can't guarantee anything. And if I just waited around, then nothing's going to fucking get done. So I need to keep going on with my life among and amidst all this shit that's happening to me. Otherwise I will lie down complacent. Really, the bottom line comes down to like the last three months after this diet really kicked in and cleared me up and gave me more energy and really got me on track again toward feeling human again. Um, it, it motivated me. And the diet itself, you have to be aware of what's going on in your body and uh, be able to adjust to that. And so by Nate, by by necessity of that, it really made me pay attention and become hyper aware of what's going on. And that just seemed to naturally flow into other aspects 
um, of my health and my lifestyle and my approach to things, my approach to work, and really started to make me root out a lot of the negativity or despair that I had still been harboring inside uh, in different aspects of everything, whether it be my work, um, relationships with family, friends, what have you. It uh, really made me realize a lot of this stuff. And and of course, I, I hit that deep end, uh, went through a heavy, heavy depression, jumped back onto, onto drinking too much. And, you know, that, that never helps. But I think just by speaking it, you know, venting to venting to a dear, dear friend of mine and then being able to express it to you guys in my last B-Side Diary helped me immensely. It was amazing. Um, I'm still on the wait list for numerous therapists here in the northern Colorado area, uh, therapists, counselors, and clinics. It seems like for some odd reason, a lot of people are having mental health issues lately. I wonder why. Yeah. So I, I'm still trying on that one, but at the same time, I'm not letting that get me down. I'm doing my best to just, you know, use other resources and do and minimize anything that might suck me in, you know? And maybe that's why I changed the subject at the beginning there about my son. I know he's going to be okay. Um, I just want to be there to hold him. So, um, taking a look at all of this and everything, I realized that, that this engine, my head, my brain is like a British sports car engine. You know, it's like, I got to maintain this sucker daily in order for it to hum. Otherwise, if I, if I let it go even a week, it, I run the risk of this thing conking out again. So I need to be vigilant and it, it first, when I thought about this, it scared me. When I first thought about this, I, it was almost scary. Like, ah, fuck, that's a lot of responsibility, man. But really, the more I'm thinking about it and the more I'm trying to put it into my practice, my daily routine, that it's not really scary as much as it's exciting. It's exciting because it's change. And it's change that's going to help me to be stronger for these episodes that are inevitably going to come. And that's pretty exciting. It's pretty cool. They're going to come. They're going to come. What am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to run away? Am I going to crawl away? Am I going to hide? Or am I going to face this shit and not only face it, but teach myself and my body with the help of my neurosurgeon and my epileptologist, I can develop ways to be able to face this stuff to where when it hits me, it doesn't defeat me. It doesn't beat me down. So that's my goal. That's what I'm working for. And uh, yeah, wish me luck. No, wish me strength and persistence. Thanks for dropping in, and uh, thanks for your time. I hope you all are taking care of yourselves and each other, and uh, be good, but not too good. We'll talk to you all next time.